Barkley muscling forward. Barkley, what an effort, and he is in. Touchdown, New York. What is going on, ladies and gentlemen? It is your boy, Andres, and we are back with episode number 44 of the Sports Fellas Podcast. Happy New Year to everyone. God bless. This is the first episode of the new year. Eric, I have not seen you since last year. But how are you doing, sir? I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired. But, you know, we're here. We're going to talk some football because it was a wild first round. I'll just say that. I went four for uh, four and two on picks. So I, I was pretty happy with how I did. <laughs> I went four and two on picks, on, um, picks too. Not going to lie. But today, ladies and gentlemen, making his debut on the pod, we got my boy Declan. How you doing, sir? Andres, doing well. Eric, thanks for having me. Happy to make my debut. So long time come. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We love to hear that. So, Declan, how's your mental health today, bro? Hey, man. You know, doing my best to uh, to stay afloat, but uh, you know, leaving leaving for college after Christmas break. So, all things considered, I think I, I think I'm doing all right. Yeah, the cold weather is not is not the biggest friend in the world, but we'll, we'll get through it. Eric, you everything good on your end? Yeah, I'm chilling today, just tired, but other than that, I'm good. We love that. So, Eric, the last time we were here, we were talking about Correa being on the Mets. <laughs> now, it turned to 180. <laughs> we're going to talk about that at the end of the episode. So, yeah. today, ladies and gentlemen, we are here to talk about the first round of the NFL playoffs, a wild card round. The 49ers defeated the Seahawks. The Jaguars defeated the Chargers. I, I know a lot of people had the Jaguars winning, but not in that fashion. Um, the Bills, they beat the Dolphins. The Giants came out and said, we're going to win a divisional game. The Bengals and the Ravens got a close one in. And the Cowboys beat the Buccaneers. A lot of people in this game did have the Bucks, including myself. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I, I included myself. But Deck. Since you're our guest today, I'm not going to put you on the spot just yet, but since you're our guest today, I want you to pick whatever game you want to start discussing first. Um, hmm. Well, could talk chronologically or we could get right into your Dolphins-Bills. Any, any, any game. Dolphins-Bills, you want to talk about that one? All right. Let's talk about the Dolphins and the Bills. Las Vegas had the Bills winning by two touchdowns. And, you know, coming into this game, a lot of people didn't give us a shot to win this game at all, but... Me and Eric talked about this. Divisional games in the playoffs are always close. So the fact that people thought that it was going to be a blowout, that they didn't know Mike McDaniel was on the other side, it was it was pretty pathetic, I'm not going to lie. Um, but nonetheless, it doesn't matter if you lose by one, you lose by 100, a loss is a loss. We did lose to the Bills. But Eric, talk to me about this game. What went right for the Bills? Uh, well, I mean, just to your point real quick, when you said close uh, division games are always close in playoffs, I definitely agree, and that's what I thought heading into the game. I thought it was going to be a close game. I thought Bills would come out on top. I picked them to win, but I thought it would be tough. But when they went up 14 in the first quarter, I thought it might actually just end up being a blowout. But then Dolphins kind of answered back real quick. Josh Allen, I, I would say Josh Allen, in my opinion, is a top three quarterback. You could argue two or three. I think Mahomes is clearly one. But I think he's had his ups and downs this year. He shows up at times when the team need him, but I don't think he was at his best yesterday. And I, I definitely don't think the defense was at their best. But I think overall, they just, when y'all don't have Tua, it just comes down to they're a lot more talented, I think, across the field. And I think if y'all had Tua, Honestly, I don't know how much different the game would have been. I think Skyler was okay. I think he played solid enough for the situation he was in. But 
I think just they're simply more talented, and that's what it came down to. Because at the end of the game, I feel like it kind of was just them trying to waste time to get that game like over with. They went up ten, I think, to end the third quarter, and the fourth quarter just kind of felt like keep away. Like they're just trying to burn the clock as much as they could. Y'all came close. Y'all had a chance. I thought it was actually gonna be a pretty wild ending, but. You know, kind of never really turned into anything after the Bills were able to just keep running the clock down. So I think just simply it's just they're more talented. And I, Dolphins definitely deserve a lot of credit because nobody outside of very few people thought the game would be that close. Vegas said 14 point favorites. And I'm pretty sure. I think it was 13.5. I think, I, I, think, I think the public voted with Buffalo on the spread, if I remember correctly. So most people expected it to be a two score game. And the fact that y'all were able to keep it within a field goal. It's pretty impressive, and I don't know. Y'all have a good future. I just, I like Tua a lot. I'm just worried about his future and health-wise because when you start messing around with head injuries and you consistently keep having them and other things, and just injuries in general, it starts to get a little worrisome for me. If he's healthy next year, y'all have a very high ceiling as a team, but if y'all have to resort back to Skyler Thompson or someone for a long period of time, I don't know. But y'all have better weapons. Than, like with Tyreek and Waddle, I was seeing people talk about how, like, that's one of the best wide receiver duos we've ever seen. Like, it, it's pretty wild how insane that duo is. So, if you just put the right quarterback with them, I think that offense could be as explosive as anyone. And we even saw it with Skyler Thompson, we put up 31 points. It's pretty impressive. So, I think they just got to piece it together more next year. But Bills were the better team. It happens. Like you said, one point, a thousand points, it doesn't matter. A win is a win. Yeah, so when we, I think we went down 17-0. That was like the worst part of the game. I think we went down 17-0. We were slowly climbing back. I think it was like 17-3, then the six, and then um, what happened after that? I think, oh, we, I think we picked off. Another. Yeah, we picked off. We picked off Josh Allen again, and then Skyler had a, that um, that that pass to Gasicki. We tied it. And then, bro, I don't know what it is, but like whenever there's like 30 seconds left and a half, like defense in every single football game they just like they stink i don't get it yeah. like you're hyped you're in the moment you're like oh my god we tied it we took the lead and then they just choke like i mean like the same thing happened with the seahawks when that um the personal foul happened and then the seahawks made a field goal to make it um get a one point lead at halftime but i was like dude like like why and we lost by three like that's the funny part too you know what i'm saying yeah. and jason sanders all year was very inconsistent but he showed up on sunday and i'm very thankful that he did you know he really he really wasn't like all that um and then to start the second half, um, Zach Zeeler had that had that um, scoop and and score touchdown, and then we took the lead at one point in the game. Like imagine telling yourself that prior. Um, but one player I do want to touch upon besides Josh Allen, Gabe Davis had a hell of a game, man. He was. Yeah. I don't Which know. I, what have to, I have to admit against because I've been kind of sleeping on Gabe Davis all year. I, me and my friend, got into an argument. I don't remember what the argument was. I don't know what the exact number was. Like I said, not top 25 or not top. I don't remember what the exact number was, but he got mad at me. So I started naming all the receivers I thought were better. And we got into it all the time. He thought he's a lot better than I thought. Well, he proved me wrong this week and he definitely hurt my argument against that. So I have to give him some respect for that because it was a pretty incredible game. Yeah, I agree. So Deck, as you can see on this podcast, we don't like to cut off people or interrupt or yell. So what do you think? What do you think about this Dolphins-Bills game, bro? Yeah, man. I mean, first of all, I love not cutting off anyone. And I'm just sitting back and listening, talking ball is the best thing. But uh, yeah, credit to the Dolphins for uh, staying in the fight. I think that um, these two rosters, while I think the Bills are an AFC powerhouse, Dolphins are not far behind. Um, and they're looking to compete with the top three teams in the AFC. Of course, the uh, Chiefs, Bills, and Bengals.
Um, and you know, with the coaching staff uh, led by Mike McDaniel, and, and and now I believe that you know Tua isn't on the level that Josh Allen and Joe Burrow are. However, um, that offense showed this year at times that uh, they can definitely thrive with him and, and be on that top five level, metrically and uh, you know by the tape. Um, I definitely think that team with Tua can uh, can Tua can definitely lead that team. However, Skylar Thompson did a good job despite some early turnovers, um, and it really felt like the Bills just did a poor job of not uh, running away with that game. There's just too many mistakes on, uh, you know, like I said, credit to Miami for sticking in the game, but that's definitely something that Buffalo should have ran away with that and made it like a 41-24 type game like the Niners did with the Seahawks. Instead, they kind of let Miami hang around too long. Okay, yeah, um, I think that... I'm not going to lie. I thought it was going to be a blow up personally, but like at the same time, I didn't think it would be like by two touchdowns like Vegas said. You know what I'm saying? Like I knew that if we were going to lose, we we're going to lose by like one possession maybe. Because I remember the Cardinals got their ass kicked last year when um, Kyler Murray had, I don't know, you guys would know more than me, but probably one of the worst playoff performances of all time. He really wasn't good Monday last year. On, on Monday night, man. That's not, not even a weekend game. Monday night. Like the first, I think it was the first Monday night playoff game that we had. And, but yeah, but... Nonetheless, um, it was a great season. I finally got to watch a playoff game with my dad in 2016, I think. I think he had work or I had work, and then 2008, I really don't recall. Probably, he was probably working or something. So it was nice to watch. It was nice to watch a playoff game with my dad finally, and it was pretty dope, you know? But nonetheless, Eric, pick a game. Um, we can just go with. Ooh, let's go with Seahawks 49ers. Get it out of the way. It was kind of a blow. Get it out of the way. All right, yeah, all right. Which I will say, I. I'm a big 49ers fan. They're my favorite NFC team, probably. I think Nick Bosa is the best defensive player in football. I picked him to win defensive player of the year before the year. The game looked close. It was one of those games like we were talking about, the playoff game, you know, between division rivals. It's going to be close. Because I think, personally, Seahawks 49ers is one of my favorite rivalries in the NFL. I think they always have great games. I think it's just pure entertainment between them. And it looked like it was going to be a close game. Pretty much that like I I was at a wedding for half of this game, the second half. So I saw most of the first half and then the second half kind of like throughout the wedding, I'm like <laughs> checking my phone, like kind of see what's going on. And so I got to see luckily the part of the game where it was close. I didn't really see the 49ers blow out second half, like at the end when they started dominating. But so I can't speak on that half as much. But it Seahawks looked honestly pretty good. I'm like I think overall Seahawks as a team, no one expected them to be there in the playoffs. If you said Seahawks were, if you pick Seahawks to make the playoffs for the year, you're a genius or you're a Seahawks fan. It's simple as that because there's no way, no, like I, I less than 5% of people thought they were going to make the playoffs. Geno Smith, he had like a late or a mid-career resurgence. Like I think everyone kind of was thinking that they were going to be in on Bryce Young or CJ Stroud this year. And now... They are sitting at, I think, the ninth pick or seventh pick or something like that. And they don't need to go quarterback necessarily. Like, they can try and build around Gino if they think he could be the guy. And based on everything we saw this year, I don't know why he couldn't be. He looks pretty incredible. And they also, they just had a really good draft getting Tariq Woolen, getting two franchise-changing tackles pretty much. Like, they shored up, shored up a lot. So if they have another great draft like that, if Gino Smith improves again, they could be right back here. But the 49ers... I picked them to make the NFC Championship, I believe. And I th- I think D'Amico Ryans is probably the best defensive coordinator right now in football. 
and he's who I, if I could pick, he would be like one of the top three guys I'd want Texans to get as head coach because I think he's that good. He's a former Texans also. I think I think that defense is just overwhelmed with talent, and I think Dallas even next week is gonna have a tough time with it. They have a good offense, but I think they're gonna have a tough time with the defense. It's just. I feel like 49ers, I'm assuming I didn't see the second half, like I said, it, I guess their defense finally stepped up and just stopped limiting mistakes and everything because the way I saw it, I was watching the game, it was close, close, everything was happening. I was like, oh, this might end up being like a game-winning drive type game. And I checked my phone, 49ers were up 10. Check my phone again, they're up more. Check my phone again, they're up more. So it just, it, something must have spiraled out of control because it was not looking pretty by the end, I guess. Nah, bro, the, the, the Niners offense, and uh, Declan kind of alluded to this, the 49ers offense in the second half was just disgusting. Like, they were clicking on every single cylinder. It was it was disgusting. One thing I will say, bro, not to be that guy, Brock Purdy has been amazing. But, like, I don't think he's not doing anything special that, like, Trey Lance can't do. You know what I or, mean? Or like Jimmy G. Like, they, I think it's that same. Yeah, Jimmy, Jimmy G was G, good uh, this year. No, we got to give Jimmy G credit. He was good this year. Like, this really. year, yeah, yeah. He was he was good, yeah. But Okay, but yeah. I think I think he was fighting for his career, honestly, because he knows if he played bad this year, he'd have to go to a team and be, like, a high-end backup or a low-end starter. So he was fighting, and he showed up like he needed to. The Seahawks own the Broncos pick, no? Am I losing my mind? No, they, they do. I'm the Russell Wilson trade. <laughs> And the Broncos were terrible, so I mean it works out perfectly. Damn, that's crazy. Deck. That's what you see I this thought. Seahawks. I thought Seahawks would have two top ten picks this year because I thought they right. had their own in Broncos. Instead, they show up and ball out this year. And the Broncos are one of like the most. I'm a Texas fan, and I will say that the Broncos were the hardest team to watch this year. Like it hurt watching them sometimes because you expected so much more and you were always let down. I was I was praying for this downfall for Russell Wilson, so you know. But Deck. This is crazy to say out loud. The Niners were three and four on Halloween, and now they've won 11 straight games. What changed for the Niners? Yeah, I mean, a big thing, of course, is that quarterback change. Um, Trey Lance, while he does, he has shown flashes of uh, of being a good young quarterback. Um, he was just that in the first couple weeks. Uh, Jimmy G came in and did a good job. Listen, I'm not the biggest big, uh, not the biggest Brock uh, Brock Purdy fan, um, but he did come in and put up better numbers than Jimmy G, so I'll give him credit for that. However. You know, the second we start seeing his name um, next to uh, even Daniel Jones, we need to start pumping the brakes um, because it's getting out of hand because he is doing uh, exactly what he's supposed to be doing, but he was handed the keys to, uh, you know, a Ferrari of an offense um, and he's game managing at, at, at a pretty solid level for somebody who was Mr. Irrelevant just uh, seven months ago. <laughs> That's a great nickname. <laughs> it's, it's honestly the most Madden, Madden level storyline you could ever possibly see. This is no wonder the Tin Hats think the NFL is scripted. That's that's what I thought. Everyone was like, "Man, NFL script writers are going crazy this week." Like, bro, they're, they're in their notes. bag, bro. They're in their bag. Dude. Nonetheless, Declan, we finally got to see playoff McCaffrey. What do you think about him this game? Yeah, I mean, he was excellent overall. The playoff scheme. I mean, if we didn't already know that Kyle Shanahan was the one of, if not the best coach in football right now with his offensive scheme, even without your boy Mike McDaniel rushing wise, they dropped 181 rushing yards on the Seahawks defense completely slaughtered them in the second half um, and that rushing offense was really the main reason despite Brock Purdy dropping 338 yards on that defense really that rushing attack was where the entire offense was able to uh, get its legs from um, and you know we're able to survive a big second quarter from the Seahawks. 
Yeah, so I know we've been praising the 49ers and stuff, um, but I want to talk about um, DK Metcalf, man. What a fucking game from DK Metcalf. You guys would know more than me. Is he like top 10 wide receivers? I would say so. I would say, uh, yeah, I'd say he's right on, he's right on the edge of the 10. Right oh, he, had a, he had a beautiful game. What were you going to say, Deck? Yeah, no, I was just going to say he's right on the border. Uh, 10 for 138 and two touchdowns, I believe, if that's correct. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was unbelievable in a loss that just goes to show you, by the way, uh, the talent gap between the two rosters that you're able to have a receiver put up a stat line like that and you lose by over. What was the final score by the time it ended? 41 It was 41 23, yeah. So, um, yeah, absolutely, uh, incredible performance from DK Metcalf. Definitely trying to, uh, I, I, I often notice, I think it's, it's so, it seems like, like, like such a fan-driven narrative but you know you kind of look at the numbers and oftentimes especially in those division matchups when two you know top receivers two you know prideful receivers who feel like they're they're elite especially when money's involved if guys are trying to get paid on a second contract when two number one receivers go up against each other the game is often elevated we've seen it from justin jefferson and Devontae adams in years past um, Jettas and Diggs this year. Jettas and Diggs this yeah, year. Yeah, of course. Jettas and Diggs this year. Um, you know, Cooper Cup and De- DeAndre Hopkins. Like, it's so off. It's so awesome to see. You know, these elite receivers elevate their game. Um, you know, kind of when they're around each other, um, especially division matchups when they start to see each other two, three times a year. Yeah, I'm a Bro, big Debo guy, and he balled out too. Debo I was just about to just, say that. Yeah. He's he's like that utility type player that does what you need, and. I feel like every team in the league could use a guy like that. And when you pair up a guy like that, who can, who mostly catches, but can also run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, who is a great receiving back. I feel like that's just a recipe for success because I I think I'll put my hands up and say I was wrong. I was one of the people who said whenever 49ers traded for Christian McCaffrey that they gave up too much. I think they gave up a second, a third, and a fourth. I thought that was too much because – I was nervous about Christian McCaffrey's injury, like history, and I was Bro, all of a sudden his Iron Man. Season. Yeah, and he balled out. Like he, th- that already is looking like a smart trade. He's already ha- like turned that offense up to another level. It- it's crazy how you have Trey Lance, he looks solid. You have Jimmy G, he looks really good. You have Brock Purdy, he looks really good. It's like you can put any quarterback in that system, and they will ball out. And that's I. That's when I do come back to that point you are talking about. Brock Purdy, while he does deserve credit, he's looked great. I don't. I think there's a certain level of credit he should deserve because I think most quarterbacks in that position would have would find some success. Like I, I, I think you'd struggle to find a starter in the league who would like not at least have solid numbers there or at least solid production. Like it's just that's the system we know from Shannon. Bro, but these guys have Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, and um, Devo. You, like all three, all, all but all three can be running backs for them. They have IU. Mm-hmm. They have um, Robbie Gold that doesn't miss ever. Like that offense is disgusting, and the defense is. I I think the Niners might be the most complete team. Um, I don't want to get to predictions, mm-hmm. but like at that Niners, if it's Niners Eagles in Philly, it's gonna be yeah, a treat. I, I'm excited. But nonetheless, I I want to get the the boring game out of the way, quote-unquote. The thing that bothered me about the Ravens and the Bengals game was the post-game comments from J.K. Dobbins. So, if you live under a rock, J.K. Dobbins post-game said, 
a lot of shit. But to summarize what he said, he so said J.K. Dobbins said he should have never been in that situation. I didn't. I don't get a single carry. I didn't get a single carry. He should have never been in that situation. I believe I would have put it in the end zone again. So he can have his opinion, but I don't think that's just something you go out and say to the media. And then after that, he said, if we had Lamar Jackson, we would have won. Um, that's disrespectful to Huntley, number one. Number two, it was nice that other players came out and said that Lamar Jackson wasn't 100% and that he wasn't like just sitting out with just winning for his money. So um, the Bengals did win by one possession. That possession ended up being the, the fumble that um, um, Tyler Huntley had. But Deck, another divisional game, another one-score game. What do you think about this game? Yeah, I thought um, Tyler Huntley did a really nice job of keeping the Ravens uh, really playing to the level that the Bengals were. Again, another divisional matchup um, that was down to the wire to the very end. Really, the Ravens should have won this game if it wasn't for that fumble uh, at the goal line. But like like you said earlier, uh, Tyler Huntley trying to be Jordan going over the top. Uh, Bro, what, what was he doing? He's like 5'11". He, should, I mean, he was... <laughs> He must have thought he was Cam Newton and he was 6'5", 240 all of a sudden because it's just not accurate, man. I don't know why he uh, he's not that kind of quarterback. The quarterback sneak works a majority of the time when you just follow your uh, center and your guard. Um, I don't know why you go over the top there. Um, Dobbins did state the obvious. I, did, I agree that he shouldn't have said it, um, <laughs> but I agree with what he said. He should have got the ball there, um, not giving the ball to your running back in that situation. I was definitely questionable. I thought Joe Burrow looked shaky. I do have him. Um, Eric mentioned the, uh, you know, the top three quarterbacks are earlier in the uh, in, in the show, and uh, I think Burrow is is at that number three spot right now behind uh, Mahomes and Allen. Um, but you know, he didn't play too well. And uh, Huntley, I thought, I thought really, you know, you can talk. Yes, if Lamar was there, you know, it's easy to look at that and say they could have won. Yeah, but um, I didn't think Tyler Huntley was the reason they lost this game. I thought. Yeah, that was an unfortunate fumble, but there was a lot of different mistakes on both sides of the ball. Very unfortunate. Yeah. <laughs> Bro, because everyone everyone was like happy. They were like, oh my God, here we go. The Ravens are going to pull it off. And then, yeah. Eric, what did you see in this game, bro? Well, I was just, I looked after the game because I was like, that one play, I mean, you're at the goal line, about to take the lead by seven, or at the very least, take a field goal, go up three. And then one play later, you're down seven. So I looked at, you know how like ESPN has the uh, percentage thing? I went and looked and while they had the ball, right before that at the goal line, it was like Ravens had a 65.8% chance to win. Then you look after the play, it literally drops to Bengals have an 85% chance to win. Like it, that one play completely changed the game. And I will say, I do think Dobbins comments are wrong. And I think Huntley played well, well, all things considered, because outside of Mark Andrews, as a quarterback on that team, you don't have much to throw to. I think they have one of, if not the worst, like receiving cores in the entire league. I think they desperately need to go after a receiver soon. They need to do something because that receiving core is very weak. I think it's the weakest part of that team. And that's why you'll see oftentimes Lamar Jackson is having to run and scramble and make plays because either guys aren't getting open or he just has no time in the pocket, so he's dipping out real quick. Like, there's a lot a quarterback has to do on that team. And Huntley came in, and I thought he did a solid job. I think Joe Burrow, like we were saying, is a top three quarterback. I think he's third, probably right behind Allen and Mahomes. And while he, he played have, like ass, yeah, while he I'm didn't sorry. have a great game, the bit Bengals are still 
one of the most well-rounded teams, like we said about the 49ers. I think they're very well-rounded. Well-rounded. Their their old line is dying one by one too. So. Yeah, that's gonna be a struggle. I will say this is a spoiler alert in case people didn't know. Bengals were my pick to win it all this year, so I was happy to see my pick stay alive. I'm yeah. riding the Joe Burrow hype train right now. I think that team is so good. I think. I think they would have ended up beating the Bills in that regular season game. I think they would have ended up getting the one seed. I think they would have won the one seed if they won that game. And won they would have won the one seed, yeah. Because, yeah, if, they would have if, won the tiebreaker against the Chiefs. If the Bills won out, they were the one seed. If the Bengals won out, they were the one seed. Yeah, so and I then, think I think Bengals, I think they would have been the one seed. I think, I don't know. This, this Bengals-Bills game up next is insane because, I mean, it's pretty – clear I think to most people that there are three top dogs in the AFC and so we knew all along pretty much barring an upset one of the teams was going to get the easier matchup in this round happened to be the Chiefs because they got that one seed if Bengals though win that game or Bills win that game and get the one seed they're the team with the easier matchup I'm not trying to sleep on the Jags I think they're good but Let's every team in the league every team in the league would rather play the Jags than play the Bengals or Bills like it's just a fact and so I'm super excited for that game. That's my favorite matchup for next week. That's the matchup I think a lot of people are hoping. Like, and it's on Sunday. For. I know. They put, I think both of the better games are on Sunday. Yeah, I, I saw your tweet about that. I agree 100%. Yeah, yeah. someone got mad at me and was like, what are you talking about? The Giants-Eagles game is going to be incredible. I'm like, okay, I'm not saying it's not going to be a good game. But let's be honest. It's not as good as the other two games. You know, you know the meme that says um, people think I love pancakes and they think you um, you hate waffles. Yeah, that's, it's like that's Twitter will start the craziest arguments. I could tweet I love pancakes and someone will be like, so you hate waffles? <laughs> that doesn't make sense, bro. Like, I, I don't know. So I never said it wasn't going to be a good game. It's it's just I don't know. I'm excited for every game. I think I think we got a good slate matchup. Even though people are sleeping on the Jags which, and Chiefs, which we'll talk about the Jags in a second, I think the Jags have a lot better chance than most people are giving them credit for. One thing I will say, um, obviously, I'm glad Demar Hamlin is in a better situation right now, but Bills Chiefs on a neutral site sounds so fucking fire, especially in Atlanta, bro. That could be Atlanta, a Bowl, At- honestly. Atlanta, bro. Yeah, that's gonna be crazy. Bro. Wait, so is it Atlanta confirmed? I thought they said yeah, it somewhere yeah. else. It is. No, yeah. Dome. That dome yeah, is that's gonna, gonna be crazy. Wild. Get them in a controlled environment. Those, it, you want to talk about the greatest show on turf? <laughs> that would literally be the greatest show on turf, bro. That game, man. We need more neutral sites in NFL playoffs, man. Yeah. Serious. But, but anyway, anyway, I do think Huntley was good. <laughs> I think Dobbins' comments were a little. I, I, I just don't think you say that after, especially right after the game and everything like that. I think it's not like. I don't know. It just doesn't. It wasn't the. It, it wasn't the place. Like, yeah. Yeah. It yeah, doesn't I seem agree. like a good thing a teammate would do. But maybe I did see something about him like saying he was misunderstood and that's not what he meant. I didn't like read up on what like he was saying, but I'll just give him the benefit of the doubt because you know after a playoff game like that, emotions are running high. You don't. Have yeah, to but stuff. yeah, I agree. I, I, I don't think it's smart to say something like that. But, but imagine, imagine if Tyree came out and said, "Oh, if we had two, we would have won." Everyone knows that. Like, come on, yeah. man. You know it's what I mean? Not, yeah, it's not the right thing to say. And he, back to. He very well can find himself uh, on the Dolphins or the Jaguars next season. I'm going to put a prediction out there. uh, (laughs) I hope. I mean, I don't mind Mostert. Mostert was fire, but that's not bad. One thing I will say, Eric, that you said earlier, every, not every, but 
As a quarterback, your job is more simple if you have a great wide receiver. We saw that with Nuke in, in Arizona. We saw that with Tyreek this year. We saw that with Diggs um, um, his first year in Buffalo. Like AJ We Brown, saw that AJ Brown this year. We saw that with OBJ and Eli. I'm not going to say OBJ carried Eli because Eli was fantastic. We, we love Eli on this side of the world, but fuck the Giants. Anywho, <laughs> if you have a great wide receiver, it makes your job as a quarterback so much easier because, like, let's say you need to play third and 15, third and 10 you know where to look if you need a deep ball you know what i'm saying so like the ravens don't have that they really don't but nonetheless enough chit chatter deck you're on the clock pick a game um giants vikings you want to go straight into your giants all right man the floor is yours there's the reveal i guess now i know the floor is yours deck you can say a monologue whatever you want to say if you want to look up a speech from from tony soprano whatever you got to say bro just talk your shit Break out my uh, Tony Soprano impression. Okay, thank you. Fucking idiot. Thank you. So all, you son. Anyway, uh, you know, great performance from Daniel Jones, first quarterback in NFL history to throw for 300 yards, two passing touchdowns, and uh, to rush for 70 plus yards. Where do they find these stats, by the way? Um, just right off the rip. They they get that uh, from me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, but Daniel Jones, uh, you know, quite frankly, he, he was elite on Sunday. Um, you know, I'm not going to say he's an elite quarterback, but however, uh, the Giants did what they had to do. An excellent win. Um, absolutely. First of all, one of those things where like, you know, this whole house money narrative with the Giants, like that went out the window when you had a very winnable game. Um, the Vikings were a winnable matchup. Two Keep talking that, your shit. Keep going. Keep going. Yeah, for sure. Two teams that uh, that you could have seen have first round exits, but um, the Giants went up and they put 31 points against them. And uh, listen, not a ton of weapons on the offensive side of the ball. Saquon Barkley still only under 10 carries, uh, nine to be exact. Uh, 17 from Daniel Jones. Um, you know, 378 total yards, as I mentioned earlier. Um, but really, just. Uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and say it was the whole Daniel Jones show, but he did put the team on his back. Um, you know, because Kirk Cousins and, and the Vikings on the other side of the ball um, were good, but the thing I'll highlight on the defensive side of the ball was the Giants did a great job. You know, Justin Jefferson is the best receiver in football, and they held him to he one He was in Alcatraz. Absolutely locked up in Alcatraz. As you mentioned, uh, seven receptions for, four, uh, for 47 yards, holding him under seven yards a catch. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, absolutely. Because you know, from deck, every- not not to cut you off, deck. Um, there was a lot of times in the game, bro, where like in the past years, Daniel Jones would have gotten sacked, and this year he, he like in this game, he rushed for like twelve yards. Did you see the difference between Daniel Jones this game and as the previous years? Yeah, for sure. I think it all starts with coaching. Um, not even just you know basic level of just saying, oh, Joe Judge is not as good as Brian. <laughs> no kidding. But um, bringing in a guy like Mike Kafka, um, and having uh, you know having him instead of Jason Garrett is huge. Uh, the offensive coordinator, even the quarterbacks coach, is a big thing. Um, but a guy like Daniel Cutlip that Daniel Jones works um, with, or Coach Cutlip uh, like Daniel Jones works with in the off season at Duke, um, you know, just like stuff he does there. Well, there you have it, folks. Deck has been Deck has been winning for this moment for a long time. If you if you know us, um, I've known Deck for a little three, four years now. So he's been waiting for this moment since Daniel Jones got drafted. No, I'm kidding. He hasn't been waiting that long. But nonetheless, you can't call. Oh, really? Ah, listen, no. man. You can't. You you gotta you gotta face the facts. Daniel Jones was 
superb this game. A lot of people were waiting for that sack on third down multiple times. He used his legs to help him. Saquon was great. Um, the defense looked fantastic. I know people are going to say it's just Kirk Cousins. Listen, both sides of the ball, the Giants looked phenomenal. Brian Dable coached a hell of a game. A hell of a game. And some people's um, number one wide receiver got locked down for uh, one catch in the second half. Meanwhile, Tyreek Hill had more yards than than Jettas with a third string. How about Isaiah Hodgins with uh, eight, eight receptions, 105, and a touchdown? Yeah, I that, mean, nobody saw that coming. Nobody. You know what? Listen, he, he's the guy that came out of nowhere. I love undrafted receivers. Mm-hmm. I'm going to ignore the fact that the Giants have a great history with them. But just as a whole, man, undrafted receivers, just always a hungry group. Is, is, is I feel like undrafted wideouts, um, I, I can't ignore the history. Of the they have like a chip on their shoulder. Like they fight hard, bro. Totally. I mean, you see a lot of documentaries on, on last mm-hmm. year. Too. They're always on. Yeah. I, I know ESPN loves to make those. I'm the former receivers, so that's probably where this is all coming from. But yeah. I know ESPN much. loves to make those shows where, like, oh, his dad died. Oh, his mom got killed. Oh, now, like, now, like, I'm like, like, we're, we're talking about underdog stories that don't include the whole, like, ESPN narrative of, like, someone in their family dying. You know what I mean? Like, undraft, <laughs> Bro, but, like, like, think about the concept of being undrafted. Like, 32 teams passed on you and maybe multiple times and you come in and you kill the league. So shout out to Isaiah Hodgins. Um, Eric, I know Declan, they talk a lot of shit about the Vikings, but nonetheless, you got to get your input. What do you think about this game? I should say you saying that, uh, oh, their parents, I think remind me of a TikTok someone made. It was around the draft last year. And it was like, this is how ESPN be with the draft. It's like, he had uh, 107 catches last year. He had 1,300 yards. His father died in May. He did. And they just like put it in there. Like it has to be. Bro. I don't know why. Um, but I think Giants are a team that I'm really looking to for a direction I want the Texans to go because you see how much coaching has impacted that team. Like even Kafka. It, it, teams are already trying to get him as their head coach, like interviewing him for head coach openings. So like the impact coaching has had on that team. I think also when it, from the draft last year, I was a big fan of Evan Neal. I wouldn't have even been mad if Texans took him at three. I was a big fan of Kayvon. I thought he was the top. Yeah. Guy. How do you pronounce his last name? Kayvon Thibodeau? It is Thibodeau, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, I was a big fan of him. I think Daniel Jones, me and my friend got into an argument about that. Like we were talking about like, is he a franchise guy? And we were both, we originally like two seasons ago, both would have said no. Now we're both kind of like on the fence. Like I don't see why the Giants couldn't continue to try and build around him. Like that performance against the Vikings kind of even said that like he was as good as you can ask for almost like he, he was pretty fantastic. And while I know there's a lot of people and there's some truth to it about how this, like the Vikings are kind of a fraud team. Like you don't, you're not expecting a ton from the Vikings. I feel like you shouldn't take away from the Giants though and what they're doing. Like they came into this game as the underdog still, as a team that only won nine games, squeaked into the playoffs and they went to Minnesota and upset them. Now they're going to a division rival. And I think that's another thing we're talking about division rivals is yes, Eagles should win. By all metrics, Eagles should win. But this Giants team has a lot of fight in them. And <laughs> this Eagles or this Giants team has a lot of fight in them. And like we've been saying, it's a division game. So it's kind of hard to imagine Eagles blowing out the Giants or anything. I'm excited for that game. I do think that's going to be one of the better games. 
there is only four, but I, I we're getting to the point where every game is a super good matchup. And this Giants team is a lot of fun to watch. I'll say that. Saquon Barkley's fun. Daniel Jones is one of the most entertaining quarterbacks. You have no idea what you're going to get from him. Game in, game out. And then I think the defense overall stepped up a lot. I'm a Wait, big what, fan of the coaching over there. What's the other quarterback that he's a scrub? He's either a scrub or really good. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't know. It is probably Kirk Cousins, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Probably yeah. Kirk that's Cousins. Why, that's why every time somebody does, like, QB tier <laughs> rankings, it's like, good, great, bad, Kirk Cousins. They, they, like, he has his own tier because that's just – you don't know how to explain Kirk Cousins. It's just Kirk Cousins. It was it was a great game from Kirk. Um, that beautiful check down on fourth down to end the game was beautiful too, you know. Shout out to him. I don't what, know. What, 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 this is more than anything. Why on fourth and eight? You know you have to get eight yards. Are you throwing it five yards behind the first down? Like, yes, if someone has wide open room, throw it three, four yards short. But when he's covered and you're throwing it five, I don't understand that at all. And a lot of people are saying, oh, well, his receivers were covered on the plate. You don't, you can't risk him. You have to take the chance in that scenario. Like, I don't understand that at all. Yes, the y'all's defensive line got pressure on him, but... Holy shit, man! That is the most infuriating <laughs> thing to watch. Bro, he, he saw it up every time. <laughs> he he up TJ. Dude, I, he had him. Yeah, I don't understand it at all. It's it's so annoying. I, he thought oh Hokinson was like he thought Hokinson was like Tyreek or something, being a playmaker like OBJ when he was at his peak. I mean, you're asking a lot of anyone. Prime Gronk, if you're asking them to break a tackle, <laughs> why does they catch the ball? That's hard to do, and you can't do that five yards short of the first down on. With the game on the line, it just what I what was he thinking, bro? As a coach, I would be losing my shit. But also, as a coach, you can't call routes five short, five yards short of the first down. Like, With the game you, on the I, line, you bro, you gotta send them deeper. So that I do think it's partly on coaching, but I, I feel like that route is always used as a last option. Like he's wide open, everyone else is completely covered. You throw it to him and hope he can extend it. But he was covered. He's maybe the most covered one on the whole field. So I don't understand it at all. Like. Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. There's no other way to describe him. It's just Kirk Cousins. <laughs> yep. Um, Eric, I know, I know you just went on a rant, but Dude. you're on you're on the clock. <laughs> Where I'm on the clock? Yeah. Oh, well, I just went forever. I, I don't know. Kirk Cousins is just I, I I the Vikings, like I said, they were kind of a eh team all year. Like they were good. Didn't they win like 12 games or whatever? And they had like a plus nine, nine of game. them. Not, ten of them were like by one score. They didn't have a convincing win all year. Crazy. Well, they were eleven and one in uh in. Well, that's what it was. Eleven and one in one score game. That's, that's crazy. What it was. Now I will again have to hold my hands up. I did pick Vikings to win this game because I thought. Me too. Me they're too. They're at yeah. home. Like I think they get. It. I did say though that I thought this was gonna be a close game, and this is one of the two that I got wrong, and I thought it was gonna be a real, really. Close I. Th- Deck knows about slow. this because Deck Deck and I we talked about this like. This was the one game where the underdog could have won. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. people were like, "What's the?" Because Eric, you and me, we talked about this as well. We were like, "What's gonna be the upset pick?" And we were both like, "Bro, it might be the Giants." Because like every other matchup, we knew what time it was. And I just like I said, I really like the coaching over there. I, it's they've changed that team in like a year. It, it's pretty impressive. I'm excited to see how that team continues to grow. Yeah. Nonetheless, Eric, there's two games left. Pick one. You know what? Let's talk about the Jack Shorters game last. Uh, yeah, that's that shit, what I'm all right. Let's do. Let's, you know what? Cowboys Bucks was horrible. You, horrible. You, you guys talked a lot. It's my turn to talk. Yeah, go ahead. I, I could say I was wrong about Dak Prescott for this game. 
That was a that was a backhand slam. I'm sorry. That was a pass. Yeah, what the hell, Jesus? I was I was wrong about Dak Prescott for this game. I don't know what Dak Prescott we're gonna get next next weekend in San Francisco, but I will apologize if Dak gets it done next weekend. Anywho, Dak Prescott looked amazing after that first drive. He looked amazing. He looked beautiful. He looked like a top ten quarterback finally. Um, one more can be said. Pollard was fantastic. The offense was clicking on all levels. Schultz looked great. Ezekiel Elliott should not be playing football. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He he was terrible. Like he was serious. Maybe he should go down to Miami and get a get a diet with uh with a Mike McDaniel. But he really wasn't good. Um, the Cowboys playmakers they showed up. Dak showed up. Hostile environment. You know you're going up against the greatest QB to ever play the sport. Um, a lot of people said don't bet against Tom Brady. I guess yesterday you could have bet against Tom Brady, but. Credit to the Cowboys. You know, we talk a lot of shit about them because obviously fuck the Cowboys, but they finally got a road win. You know, the last time that happened, I think Bill Clinton was in office maybe prior to that. I think like it was it was it was crazy. Michael Jordan still had like three rings. You know, he had two rings the last time that happened. Two rings. Anywho, nonetheless, congrats to the Dallas Cowboys. They won by multiple scores. They had a convincing win. Um, now they got to have to go into San Francisco. And an Eagles-Cowboys part three is still a possibility, but... With that being said, Deck, I know you're a Giants fan, but what did you see about the Cowboys in this game? Yeah, I thought Dak did a really good job. Um, these were two teams that are in different classes. You know, I think um, I could speak for myself at least when I could say uh, most people that picked the Bucks uh, in this game were just picking because of one man. And that I one- agree. I I. That was me. I agree, 100. percent Maybe one man who's a <laughs> shot himself, but you look at the rosters uh, on that. You look at the roster on that uh, Bucks team, particularly far removed from a Super Bowl two years ago. Yeah. Um, it's just, I think it's- what you said um, about the two rosters being in different classes. Would you say that applies to this game too? Yeah, right. 100. Uh, percent To which game? Cowboys Niners. Yeah. No, no, no. Cowboys um, Buccaneers. Because you said that the Bucks were like garbage outside of one man. Yeah, for sure. Most okay. Of- okay. I- I would say I would say they're totally on two different uh, in in two completely different classes. I mean, this is a team that's eight and nine, um, but I'm not going to sit here and downplay that and act like oh now that like the Cowboys had to push over. But I will say that um, you know the reasoning was only because you know seeing Tom Brady in a divorce year, you know, it's just it's, for him to not win one playoff game was unfortunate. Um, but in all seriousness, um, he should have been able to move the ball. Uh, and I thought they were going to protect him a lot better, especially with Jansen coming back. Uh, but from the first quarter on, you know, they didn't have to knock him on his ass for him to already be. All that they was better. They were better off getting in his head. That did a lot more damage uh, than doing his uh, than doing more damage to his, to his jersey. Because um, uh, you know they may have kept him clean, but he was running for his life early on. So uh, I thought those two teams were in completely different classes. Dak did a good job, um, but you know Dallas is uh, Dallas is a team that's on. It's frustrating because the fans will tell you that they're a playoff level, like they're going to the divisional round and like harp harp on this, like not getting a first round exit and stuff. However, this was a first round exit level team that was very fortunate to play uh, a sub 500 team. And I think that is going to be a next week when they play the Niners. But yeah, it is a Dak, D- Declan, I have a question. What This is kind of a side topic. What do you think happens with Brady next? Like, where do you think he ends up going? Like, what's the plan for him? I think he stays in the NFC. Um, I think that in a perfect world, he would like to go to the Jets or the Pats if he was to go to the AFC East. But why would So he's going to stick with the NFC. He could go to, like, if they want, San Fran could maybe try and take a flyer on him and see how it goes. Because 
they, they are set up pretty perfectly to where he could go in and instantly just that's like a team Win. you have a great running back great weapons great defense like I, I, that's a perfect great coach where he could go and just dominate uh, says yeah. tom again but so the thing about brady is i don't think he would want to go to the afc mainly because of the competition you got right. that's what i'm yeah, saying that's what he said yeah you got Mahomes, you got Allen, you got Joe Burrow, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Tua, you got Derek Carr. What, where's Derek Carr going? Oh, wait, he's unemployed right now. Derek Damn. Carr. Derek Carr, I think. Bro, I, think... I really don't I really don't like the Raiders. Devontae Adams is one of my favorite wide receivers, and I can't believe he went to the Raiders. But, Declan, what were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say I think Derek Carr is going to wind up on Jets. Um, I hope he goes to the Titans. J-E-T. Oh, wait. You know what's crazy? I, I hate the Jets. I want them like decimated, but they're low key a QB away because like they I are. genuinely, I genuinely think so. They're on both sides of the ball. Um, they got a lot of talent. Uh, it's just the big question now is yeah they're a QB away, but it's a question of do you want to stick with Robert Sala or do you bring in a guy like Sean Payton? Because listen, Sala, I believe in him to an extent. However, on the offensive side of the ball, he hasn't shown you one that he knows how to bring in the guys that can coach the offensive side of the ball, and two, that he can coach the offensive side of the ball and develop a quarterback himself. Ownership did love Zach Wilson. Moving on from him, in my opinion, would be their best interest. But yeah, because he's terrible. He's the I worst agree. starter. He's the worst starter in the NFL, in my opinion. Totally. And you're going to hear a lot of casuals say that, you know, why is uh, why are we giving up on him? The Giants didn't give up on Daniel Jones. Well, as bad as Bruh. Daniel Jones was, he didn't Do fail it. to throw double-digit touchdowns in every season of his NFL career. Yeah, and, and Daniel Jones was very turnover-worthy, but he also showed a lot of flashes of great plays. We're not seeing that from Zach Wilson. We're just seeing the turnovers. So I think Vibes. Daniel Jones clearly showed a lot more than Zach Wilson has. And the big thing is with the turnovers with Daniel Jones is I, I almost hate calling it turnovers because, yeah, they're turnovers, but it, it wasn't like he ever had an interception problem. Yeah. It was always the Those fumbles killed him. Totally. And once he cut down on them, um, yeah. all of a sudden his uh, interception totals are single digits. Yeah. He, yeah. he, if he can keep shit like improving like this, Steli, he's going to be, we're going to be having some discussions about him in the next couple of years, I think, like about where he ranks in the league. Zach Wilson, I don't think we'll ever really have much to say about him. I, and I don't even think it's a situation problem. I think it's just a, Zach Wilson problem where he's just not that good straight up and I that might sound rude or whatever but honestly I don't have that much sympathy for him after the whole do you feel bad for your defense he said no I, that just rubbed me the wrong way I'm not gonna lie I was kind of annoyed when I saw that I just I don't know I don't think he's that good I think most quarterbacks could be in that situation he said no <laughs> yeah I was like bro come on I don't know and, and I'm sorry but if I'm I feel like most quarterbacks in that scenario don't even need to be asked. They'll say, we let the defense down. He got asked, did you let the defense down? And said, no. Like, Well, was, uh, not to not to compare them because obviously Josh Allen is top two, but they asked Josh Allen, um, do you feel like your defense let you down? And he said, no, maybe the QB stopped playing like ass, then we would have won. Dude, that, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm saying. And I wasn't the biggest Josh Allen fan when I came into the league, but I like him a lot now. Like he, he You know, you he, know who I, was and, when he came into the I league? And I agree with Declan. I do think he's probably the second best quarterback in the league. I think it's Mahomes is clear number one. Mahomes is like Mahomes is gonna go down as arguably the best ever. But Josh Allen is as close to Mahomes as you can get in the league right now. I think I think it's definitely Mahomes and Burrow Allen are like two three right now. 
Yeah, and then Tua above them too. Yeah. Yeah, I noticed you slipped in Tua when we were talking about elite quarterbacks earlier. Well, well, I let it slide because the truth <laughs> is that is that on the subject of Brady, like you know, that's a reason the Dolphins are a reason why you wouldn't want to go to the AFC East as well. Like they're rising. Yeah, I was. I, I yeah, picked the yeah, Dolphins yeah. to make the playoffs. By the way, I picked them to make it, and I didn't pick the Broncos to make it, and I got called uh, wrong for that. Yeah. Anywho, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, so the last gameway that we have. I picked the Jaguars personally. Did you guys pick the Jaguars? Yeah, I did. Can't say I did. I took the Chargers. They were red hot, four or five. I thought maybe the Jags, listen, credit to them. I thought that uh, Herbert was just going to outlast uh, Lawrence a little more. And then for about, I don't know, an hour and a half there, I, I looked all right. But Bro, what the hell happened? I okay, so I don't mean to be a, an asshole. I don't, want, I don't mean to be an asshole. Do it. But when the when the Jaguars scored at the end of the half, you were like, "Can this really be happening again to the Chargers?" I swear to God, everyone and their mother was like, "Was probably like, bro, there's no way this happens, right? There's no way this happens. There's no way this happens." And then it happened. Dude, I know there's some <laughs> poor souls out there that are Chargers and Clippers fans, and I feel so bad for them. One of my locals, one of my friends, he's a Chargers fan, and I was gonna text him at halftime, and I was like, "You know what? Let me not." Yeah, text let's him because- wait and see. Bro, you could take Philip Rivers out of the Chargers, but you can't take the Chargers out of the Chargers. It's really that simple. So, Eric, um, let's talk about this game, bro. Trevor Lawrence had four picks, and he didn't he didn't crumble. What do you what what do you see in the Jaguars after they trailed? So, unfortunately, this is kind of the same situation as the Seahawks 49ers game for me, except in the Seahawks 49ers game, I saw the first half where it was competitive, but missed the second half where 49ers blew him out. For this game, because it was after, the wedding was like ending in the first half. So I didn't see the first half whenever Trevor Lawrence had supposedly, by all measures, one of the worst halves in the playoffs ever. He looked Uh, like me out there. Shit was sad. But I did see the, well, I I saw halfway through the third quarter because me and a, we're like our family, like me, my cousins, my uncles, we're all pretty big football fans. So. We're, like I said, during the wedding, I'm kind of like checking the score. We're at the reception. We're all dancing, having a good time. People are drinking and stuff. And everyone's like, three interceptions in the first quarter. And everyone's losing their mind, going crazy. Then we check again later after everyone else has had some more drinks. And we're like, how is it 27-0? We're all losing our minds. Then we're like, you know what? Fuck it. This game's over. So we all start just not caring. Then when we all get in the car to leave, I get in the car and I look. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting there. We're kind of keeping it close. We get back to the Airbnb we're staying at. I turn on the game. They scored another touchdown while we're in. I'm like, that's a, uh, there's no way this is going to happen, right? Then they scored again. <laughs> like, it was, it was just, it was wild to see it, the comeback. Because all I saw really was the comeback. I started watching the game in the car. I'm you like, watched at the perfect time then. Yeah, all I saw was the comeback. So pretty much in both games on that day, I saw the better part. I saw the comeback in the Jags Chargers game, not the boring blowout first one. I don't know. Bro, it was, bro, but the thing, it was just like, so, I don't I don't mean to sound like a hater, but like Herbert really didn't do anything, bro. I heard, like, I heard, well, in the, the defense, like bro, the defense, the defense gave him the ball three times in um, Jaguars territory. And the second half, he, I know it's on the offensive coordinator. I get that. I get that 100%. I'm not trying to be a hater because I know I'm a Dolphins fan, but like, 
how many touches did Austin Eckler get in the second half? I think it was like three or four, right? Yeah, Declan, correct not me if I'm wrong. Yo, you're right. It's very reminiscent of, uh, of unfortunately, Kyle Shanahan in uh, 2016 with their Falcons. Bro, Just- 2016 was seven years ago. Think about that. Like, how? <laughs> Why you I don't want to think about that, bro. Because then I don't think about how 2013 when in the, it was the Chiefs and the Colts. That was almost 10 years ago. Bro, Actually, 2013 was... Oh, my God. The, the, the Heat haven't won a chip in 10 years. Jesus Christ. But Oh, anywho. shut up. I'm not trying to hear that. Get out of here. I'm watching right. the Rockets be the worst team in NBA history. I don't care about that. You de- you deserve it. Anywho, as I, as I was saying. Um, Deck, like... So the 28-3 game, you felt like there was a comeback because, like, you know who's on the other side. Like, this game, what did you see in the Jaguars after they were trailing 27-0? Like, how do you address the locker room after trailing 27-7 at halftime? Well, I think uh, you can only go up from where you performed at that point. Um, and I think the that's stuck. <laughs> that's a good analogy, actually. <laughs> I think you can't get one. Really, honestly, you showed your ass, and uh, it's time to pull your pants up and uh, put the pieces back together. Uh, and after, uh, you know, the key thing that stuck out to me was after four interceptions, um, Trevor Lawrence fired back four touchdowns. It wasn't like there was a, you know, a layover, like a three to one, a one to three in between. It was it was four picks, uh, albeit two of them weren't on him, but four picks nonetheless. Uh, and then four touchdowns marching back. Um, agreed on the Herbert assessment. Um, he did play, it, did, it does play a role. Um, you know, while a lot of their uh, fuck-ups in the past, uh, the Chargers blowing leads over the last couple of years, haven't been on him. This one definitely, um, there was a small percentage of blame that is definitely uh, able to be granted on him. But I don't put it above the OC, who is now uh, out of a job. They're making him the scapegoat. Um, and then, I, But I put it, you know, the guy who should be out of a job, that's Brandon Staley for the second year in a row. Their, uh, their season ends on a mistake on his part last year, of course, the timeout that... Uh, when the Raiders were running the clock out to go for the tie. Um, and now this year, well, in this game. So I think that uh, Trevor Lawrence showed the resiliency that uh, that probably is going to solidify his future in the league. I've always been a believer. Um, you know, as Andreas knows in the hit list, uh, I, I went on uh, on record of saying uh, when Trevor Lawrence was getting drafted and Deshaun Watson was getting traded, um, before the allegations came to light, I said that for the next 15 years, you know, I'm going to roll with the number one pick, Trevor Lawrence. Um, and so far, he's just taken that jump to a top 10 quarterback in year two and what feels like year one. So uh, I'll cap off the Jaguars ramble there. Yeah, that Urban Meyer <laughs> shit does not count at all. No, yeah. hell no. That's why the Texans fans were like, see, y'all, that's why y'all got to stop going by high school rankings and all oh, these generational labor. You don't know. I'm like, you're judging him with Urban Meyer. Like, let's be for real. Like, and I don't know. He, he I think most people just wanted to be like, different by saying that he was going to be a bust and everything it, he's you, special if you watched him in college you know how special he was how elite he was now they got he's a, a winner coach doug pearson i think he did great this year they got some good wide receiver help. i was a bit critical of dj chark and zay jones's signings with how much they spent on them because while i do think you do that was good weapons to build i think they put a little too much money in it. but even evan ingram like all three of them had a great playoff game trevor lawrence had a crazy good second half he's I, I agree. He's pretty much putting himself in that top 10 discussion right now. I think if he continues this next year, it won't even really be a discussion. He's clearly top 10, I think. And I just, I think people took victory laps on him a little too quick when you consider his circumstances in year in the first year. Like, I honestly, 
whenever I saw everything that was happening with Urban Meyer, Urban Meyer and shit, I didn't even count that year. Like you said, this feels like year one. Like this feels like we're actually seeing what Trevor Lawrence is. Last year didn't feel like a real right, NFL. So with that being that said, time. Deck, like, that was just I haven't put you on the spot all episode, so it's time to put you on the spot. All right. I want you to give me an order of the head coaches left in your humble opinion. Like one through eight. Is it eight? Yeah, one through eight. Uh, yeah. So I put him on the spot. I have an all episode. I gotta put him on the spot, baby. Yeah, that's fine. Um, so right now I would say the best coach remaining. I'm gonna go with my boy Andy Reid. That's um, all okay, that was a given. Okay, and now here we go. Here we go. Let's hear it. He's the OG. All right. So just to go over the pool, uh, to put it all out there, um, you know, this way, everyone knows. Uh, we got Sean McDermott, Zach Taylor of the Bengals. Um, this isn't no order yet. Again, I'm just yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, you know, in the AFC, of course, we have Doug Doogie P. Yes. Uh, rounding that out, and then in the NFC, we have Brian Dable of the Giants, Nick Sirianni of the Eagles, uh, and of the Niners, we have Kyle Shanahan, and Mama 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 Mike McCarthy. There we go. I like it. Um, yeah. So damn, that's tough. Some really, yeah, tough, right? Some really good coaches left. Um, number two, though, I'm going to go with Kyle Shanahan. Um, okay. <laughs> Kyle Shanahan, and you can make the argument for one. I think Andy Reid's seniority, um, maybe other than the fact that he beat Kyle Shanahan, is probably going to be what puts him over the top. Um, and his offensive mind, um, two of the best in the game right there at the top there. Number three, I'm going to go Sean McDermott. Um, I think that... Uh, he is an underrated head coach, uh, and really over the last couple of years, one, I think Josh Allen, of course, was a great prospect, um, but without him, Brian Dable um, and Ken Dorsey, um, but especially the first two names, Sean McDermott and Brian Dable, uh, Josh Allen wouldn't be near the player he is today. Um, so they helped maximize his development. But aside from that, what that team was able to do even before Josh Allen got there, Sean McDermott took them to the playoffs with Tyrod Taylor. Um, so McDermott, a disciple of Andy Reid, uh, is just an excellent coach. Um, and coming in at number four. Boy, this is where it starts getting really this tough. Is where, yeah, I'm, that's why I'm excited. That's why I'm excited. That's why I'm excited. I'm going to have to go. I'm going to have to go with my boy Nick Sirianni. That's what um, I right. said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, he's just what he was able to do last two years. Um, I shot it to him, interviewed his brother, great guy. Um, but Nick Sirianni, um, just first of all, excellent what he's been able to do with Miles Sanders, getting him involved in ways better than our boy Dougie P was able to do. Um, and he struggled to do that year one, year two, and towards the end of year one. But now he's bringing that into year two with Jalen Hurts as a really nice compliment to that. They're able to find a really great balance in the running game and his offensive mind. He had a lot of success in Indianapolis with Andrew Luck, um, finally getting him some, a quarterback with uh, with likes better than Carson Wentz. Um, and Carson Wentz could have offered uh, had he uh, stuck around there before they shipped him out. Uh, was good. Um, so I got him at four. Now, now here's where it gets interesting because the remaining coaches are, of course, Brian Dable, Mike McCarthy, and now... Doug Peterson. Zach Taylor, right? Zach Taylor, yeah. Doug Peterson, right? So, I mean, one guy sticks out like a sore thumb. I'm, I'm not going to say who. One guy sticks out like a sore thumb out of those four. Um, and I'm going to save him for last. 
It's Mike oh, McCarthy. We know that. All right. <laughs> Let's get to five, six, seven. <laughs> um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Doug Peterson. Um, at five, uh, because one, he's a Super Bowl winner, but what he's been able to do with Trevor Lawrence, um, Coach of the Year, it's him and Dable are the top two. Uh, but following Peterson, I'm gonna go with uh, Brian Dable as at Ooh. six. Um, I respect I th- it. I think he is, first of all, listen, I, I promise there's no bias involved in here. Um, you know, as I've kind of, I don't want to say evolved, but really just as like, you kind of get deeper into into evaluating football and evaluating baseball and evaluating sports as a whole. I, I think it's best to lose the, uh, the emotions and the fan mentality. Um, because I think what, uh, what Brian Dable was able to do with what that organization was from Dave Gettleman and Joe Judge and even the guys before that, offensively with Jason Garrett and even Pat Shermer alike. Um, you know, taking that team from, from four to 13 to nine, seven and nine, eight and one is pretty similar from three and 14 to uh, to nine and eight. It's it's mm-hmm. a fucking difference. Yeah, I, I definitely don't think you're biased because if anything, I think that's the lowest you can have him. I think if anything, you could argue higher, but yeah, I think yeah. that's the lowest you could put him, I think. Uh, yeah, I think it's definitely tough, but frankly, uh, there's a reason why coaching is so important because the best coaches are around. There's seven. a lot of good coaches left. Like these are top of the. Yeah, top and series. I don't mean to knock this next guy, but I really think there's no place higher for Zach Taylor. I think that he's while he's a solid coach. Um, I think that uh, Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase are a lot of the reason. Uh, of course, Joe Mixon are a lot of the reason why they've been able to be successful. Um, I think that Joe Burrow is a winner. Having his college teammate there, of course, is helpful. Zach Taylor is a good coach. Um, but before, you know, that emergence of Burrow, you know, it, it was a complete rebuild. Um, and they did go from um, essentially a worst to first like the Giants did this year. Um, you know, <laughs> not saying they're going to the Super Bowl. However, um, you know, making that turnaround was big. But I got Taylor there. Uh, and I got Mike McCarthy. Um, I'm just not a believer in him as a head coach. Yeah, uh, I think that one, his offensive mind is overrated, uh, and we've seen that with some of the quarterbacks. I think that Aaron uh, that Aaron Rodgers won in spite of him, not because of him. Um, I don't think I'm, you know, breaking any news there. But as far as what he's been able to do in Dallas, we saw a playoff collapse against the Niners last year in a game they should have won. And I think we'll see him get out coached this Sunday. It's going to be on full display. But um, I don't think that they're going to win a Super Bowl as long as he's under the helm. And I just don't believe he's the guy in, in today's football. I think that was a pretty perfect ranking, honestly. That like Eric, that's Arthur. about that's that's pretty much how I'd have. I think because I think McCarthy has to be last. I think Zach <laughs> Taylor has to be second. To I, I'm just saying. I think uh, I think Shanahan and Andy Reid probably have to be the top two. It's that middle like couple that you could switch around, I think. But I right. think you're ranking. The only thing I think you could argue is maybe switching Brian Dayball up one. Fine with that. But, I but, just think it's a Dougie P because of you know he does have yeah, a good yeah, 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 for sure. And, and then what he's been able to do this year is splitting hairs. So I gave him the head jump. Yeah, yeah, and I, I I totally get that. So that's why like I think that ranking was pretty damn good. I, honestly, I was blanking on a couple of the coaches at first. I'm like, oh shit, who is it even? And then we named him. And I'm like, holy shit, like. This is why coaching is so important. And this is why I want the Texans to kind of get Sean Payton because like good coaching does so much in the NFL. It's crazy. Like, I don't know, man. I, I, that was good though. I like that. And so I was thinking about it, you know, obviously you guys know more than me um, as far as everything, uh, football, but 
Nick, um, Nick, Dougie P is the only other um, head coach in the NFL and the playoffs right now that has a Super Bowl win besides Andy Reid. Do you think that plays a factor in the rankings or no? I mean, it did. I think for it does it, like how he had him over Dayball. Yeah, how he had okay. how okay. he had him one slot ahead. I think that is probably the reason. I, I love discussing football because like it's so much to learn. Like like I grew up with football, obviously, but like not as much as like baseball and basketball and like soccer. So like learning more as an adult is doing me better because like like I still I I played Madden once upon a time. So like the the cover one and the HB draw and like. Like I, I like I want to be able to the point where like I, I get to name these plays and stuff. Like the way pe- other people discuss football is like like God bless. I was talking about like the media. I'm talking about like like people like our age and shit, you know. Yeah. But like I think like the list is pretty good. Um, wait, you had Nick Sirianni at four, right? Uh, yes. Nick, okay. Yeah, I think he, he's a bro. Like young head coaches for sports are like so good, man. I I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big yep, fan of that. Love to see it, especially because like. Coaches that can relate to players, like this idea that they're gonna coddle them, no. Like they're just gonna be able to be a nice, relatable, solid voice. Uh, and that's what, what a modern day player likes. Um, and, and, and deeper than that, um, it's great to see a young football mind um, progress so quickly. He's only 41 years old um, and he's already in his uh, second season with the Eagles and his second season in the playoffs. So credit to him. Can we talk real quick about it's kind of crazy how Sean McVay took the Rams to a Super Bowl and now they're about to go into a rebuild. He's just like, nah, I'm good. Y'all take care. I'm out. He's like, about that's, to leave. That's fire. I mean, he's, he's, he's a back. Logistically speaking, all right, like, like it's interesting because logistically speaking, they're set up, it's a dumpster fire. So for his career to leave would make sense. Yeah. However, from the sense of like, that's unprecedented. He's not exactly John Madden for retiring early. Uh, you look like a sellout. He's not doing that. And I think but do you think there is a chance he goes to like do you think there is a chance he goes to like an announcing and becomes a commentator yeah. or stuff like that? I think within the next two to three years at most, I really think it's pretty eminent. Um mm-hmm. you know, you heard whispers of this two, three years ago. Everyone said no, he's gonna coach. Um, but this is a guy who it doesn't look like he's gonna coach into his uh his mid forties. But listen, it's it's very interesting, and I think Andres says says it best when as far as learning with age and progressing in the game and everything. With these head coaches, we see them have these second wing, these second or even third wins sometimes after broadcasting. Who's to say Sean Mc, Sean McVay? You know he's 36, 37 years old or whatever he is. He might actually be younger than that. Um, no, <laughs> at this point, right? <laughs> I think that's right. Um, if he spends the next, say, in two years, he's, he spends five, six, maybe even almost ten years in the broadcast booth or, or, or behind a desk somewhere in some capacity, right? He's 36, yeah. He's 36. By the time he's 46, 47, 48, you, you think his name will still be floating around in uh, head coaching conversations? Every single offseason. Every time there's coaches needed, he's going to come up. And even Jim Harbaugh goes to college and his name is mentioned, but like... This is an unfortunate example to bring him up, but John Gruden went back to the booth after yeah. coaching, winning, and then came right back uh, and signed a big deal. So, listen, these guys that stick around football, coaches coach, and at the end of the day, um, I do see him leaving something else because I think that he's got a lot going on in his life. He just got married, um, and he's starting a family and whatnot. Um, but I could definitely see him leaving and not and not retiring permanently from the yard of coaching. I agree. I definitely agree. Yeah, because, like, for example, not, not to be an asshole, but Aaron Boone was a commentator for ESPN, 
and then he got rehired by like the Yankees, you know? So who knows? Maybe Sean McVay being on TV for six, seven, eight years, maybe it'll do him good and then he'll get more time to spend with his family instead of traveling around the U.S. Um, so, yeah, I think spot on. Obviously, you guys would know more than me as far as the um, coaches go. But before we go, we do have to talk about Mr. Correa. The last time we were here, which was last year. Uh, I'm sorry, I had to throw that joke in here. The, la- the last time we were here, Carlos Correa was a Met. Today, he is a Minnesota Twin. Eric, what do you have to say, bro? I don't think there's any. There's really not much to say. Bro, I, really I was kind of like, I do like Correa. Correa is obviously one of my favorite players i was kind of hoping this little twins era would be forgotten and we'd see him go to a different team the giants the mets we'd see him go somewhere else now that he's back with the uh, mets or back with the twins i don't know it's just it's not it's a boring kind of thing i was hoping for something else i don't the whole saga between him like we talked about how we were going to record a podcast we ended up not being able to do it because we both got busy luckily we didn't though because the Giants deal fell through. So we recorded when he became a Met, and we were like, "Oh, thank God we did that." Now we're having to go back again because it fell through again. Like it's just, I don't know. And that's why I saw everyone making jokes about how the Twins didn't even do a physical. And they're like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah, come back, come back, please, please." Like they were just open arms, didn't even care. And I don't know. It's it's boring, but it's good for the Twins. They need something. They. They do need something. Absolutely do. Okay. They could try and keep building off it. I don't know if I see much there. Like, they started off really hot last year, but then it just fell apart, kind of. I don't know. I. It's just... It was boring to me. Like, I was hoping for a lot more. I was hoping for the Giants. I was hoping for the Mets. I was hoping for... Uh, I, I don't know anything. Um, a marketable just, team. That's yeah, not, Twins I is like. just... It, this is about as boring of an outcome as we could have gotten. So I, I mean, I'm it's sorry. not like he's going to the Pirates. I think that Minnesota is like a fun fan base. They just got new jerseys too. Um, but yeah, I guess when we put it that way, uh, yeah, not exactly the appeal of New York or uh, California-based San Francisco uh, Bay Area team. But San Francisco is completely worse than, uh, oh, yeah, than yeah, Minnesota as far as not only their roster today but their roster plan for the next couple of years. Um, Minnesota has Buxton inked up as well, so there's going to be at least two perennial MVP candidates barring both of them stay healthy um, in Minnesota for a couple of years to come. So I think they are building something. Uh, they got rid of some contracts like Josh Donaldson going into last year. Um, it's going to be interesting to see um, if they can potentially add some starting pitching because they're a little bit short in that department. Um, but yeah, man, like I do agree in that sense that uh, it's always fun to see these teams go to uh, go to big big markets. But at the end of the day, I, man, how do you gotta feel as a Giants fan though? When the offseason started, they talked about how for Aaron Judge, they were like, "We'll pay however much it takes to get him here. We won't be beat for it." They don't get him. Then you sign Carlos Correa, that falls through. You don't get him. Like as a Giants fan, you just gotta be kind of broken at this point. Like this offseason. Just yeah. got hurt. It's pretty hard, especially when you look at the original plan. You're you're thinking you might get Aaron Judge, you get Arson Judge for six minutes, uh, and then you get Carlos Correa for about six days, and all of a sudden, you know, you're looking at Sean Manaya and Michael Conforto, and that wasn't exactly the plan that you expected. Um, moving Brandon Crawford back to shortstop when you thought that he was going to play. That he was going to move over for Correa, um, 
you know, not exactly you know, from a PR standpoint, not what the Giants uh, would have liked. Um, but really, listen, this is a team that had a lot more holes, even if they would have brought in Correa and Judge. Um, losing Rodon was a given, but even still without him, they have no starting pitching outside of Logan Webb. Uh, and that doesn't look like he's going to be. Um, that boss. sucks because they're, what, two years removed from winning like 109 games or something? Like 100. Eight? Eight? I don't remember what it was. 107. Yeah, it, 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 it was a lot. They won a lot of <laughs> games. And now we're looking at them kind of like, where do they Bro, go? But, no, but like the, the thing is, the thing is, they like that that season was like really like a Mickey Mouse season. Because, it like, felt weird. You could kind of tell throughout the whole season. Like, I think me and you Posey. talked about it. Me and you even talked about it before the playoffs. We were like, I don't know, bro. Like, they, they're good, but... We, Buster we, Posey, bro. Buster Posey turned back the clock. Um, Brandon Crawford turned back the clock. They got Chris Bryant, who looked decent. Like, you, the the pitching was looking good. You're like, the pitching. Excuse me, the pitching was looking good because of Buster Posey. Because we saw last year that the pitching wasn't good, like, at all. Anyway, he dipped at the right time. I mean, talking about oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. First yeah. ballot Hall of Famer too. So, in about five years now. Because this yeah. is pretty, yeah. In five years, we'll see him in the Hall of Fame. My favorite catcher growing up, second best of our time. Um, I mean, second, really, who's number yeah. one? Yachty's gotta Yachty's. be. Yachty has to be. Yeah, I'd put oh. Yachty over him. You wouldn't? Really? I didn't say anything. I just nah, said that's what you're implying. I, nah, 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 nah. I, I, I would put Yachty over him. I'm a big. I was really into that San Francisco team. Um, it all it all started. I promise. It wasn't a bandwagon. Um. Although, listen, if the bandwagon is from 12 years ago, it, I shouldn't take, uh, take so much of a shame in it. Bro, However, but those Giants teams were so fire, though. They were so fire, but it actually started before. I got a Giants hat in 2009 because I was a big Tim Lincecum fan. Uh, the GOAT. The GOAT. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he is, him and DeGrom are my two favorite pitchers of all time. Um, you know, huge inspirations of mine, but uh, freak, man. I mean, the original freak. But um, Jimmy Jim, uh, <laughs> exactly, bro. Uh, he was the cover of um, 2K8. It was one of those, yeah. He was it was electric. Him, Matt Kane, Madison Bumgarner, uh, Buster Posey behind the dish, as you mentioned. Apollo Sandoval. Uh, Wait, what are we missing? There's someone missing in that, bro. What was the fourth pitcher? Oh, Jake Peavy, Jake Peavy, Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy, yeah, he was the he was there. But is that the guy you're thinking of? There was um, I mean Jonathan Sanchez, Randy was... Johnson, but Randy Johnson was before that that golden era of Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, and Bumgarner. I think he, yeah, right. I think he was on that team in 09 because he was in that 2K09 commercial with Tim Lincecum. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. I remember yeah, so that. He should put a towel on to uh, his uh, video game <laughs> character. Barry Zito, that's what I'm thinking of. Lefty, formerly of the Open A's as well. He had an insane curveball. Barry Zito, that's what I'm thinking of. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been everything for episode 43 of the Sports Fellas Podcast. Before we go, deck predictions. What's going to be the AFCCG? Uh, AFCCG, so I got the uh, Chiefs and Bills on a neutral site in Atlanta. Um, NFCCG? NFCCG. Oh man! Keep the Eagles, do it. Take them, Andres. <laughs> you know, I, I really don't want to make this prediction on a Tuesday, but do I have to? <laughs> bro, he's sweating bullets right now. Come on, bro. 
Don't make it. Pick, against, pick, against, pick against your team, bro. Come on. Nah, don't do it. Ride with them. <laughs> now I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be for real. Um, in the pick'em in ESPN, I picked the Dolphins every week. Whether we were gonna lose. Dude, I did. I did the same with the Texans. Even though I would be rooting. That's for a the different Texans story. Lose. I would be rooting for the Texans to lose. That's like, fuck it. I'm gonna be the one percent that's right this week, what's, and I would always pick them. What's the number one rule in betting? You never bet against your own team. <laughs> I mean, you know what? I have bet against my own team on occasion because, like, I think I'll wind up happy either way. But I've also tried to bet realistically. Um, I'll say a couple things about this game, Andres, and uh, it was in a group chat because Andres said he made fun of Giants fans who think that uh, they have a chance this weekend. Um, and I'll say this. I don't think this game um, is on is completely uh, this this like blowout level game that people think it's going to be. Number All one, right, hold on. Let's look at the line. Let's look at the it line. Is, it is okay, a, it's a seven line. It's it is it is a seven. It's a touchdown line, right? However, Let's hear it, Deck. Yes. Let me say this. I don't think this is. I don't think this is a game that the Giants are overmatched in completely. I think that they're underdogs. Yes, hundred percent. However, but, let's, however, let's look at all the cards on the table. The last time that Jalen Hurts played for the Eagles uh, was on January 8th, week 18 against the Giants. Uh, he looked very shaky, didn't throw a touchdown. They won a one score game against third strings, right? Uh, he missed the two games prior to that and got injured in that game against Chicago. Um, that was on December 18th. Um, so that's when he got injured. The game prior to that was December 11th. That was the last time we threw a touchdown pass, and that was the first game they played against the Giants. So it has been a long time since Jalen Hurts has been at full strength with the Philadelphia Eagles offense. We did see them lose a game against the against the Cowboys, and the Eagles right now, the Eagles defense has is getting caught at a time where they've given up a lot of points. He's about to pick the Giants. Yeah, pick, pick the Giants. <laughs> you better not be doing all this just to pick the Eagles. The problem is, well, first of all, I have to. Second of all, um, great monologue. Second of all, just as picks picks aside, I just want to get that out there. Yeah. That, that this is a game like like there's a lot of question marks up here for the Eagles. They have the opportunity of a lifetime, as Jalen Hurts put it, because the NFC is wide open. And as far as like Jalen Hurts, this being this is his second career playoff game, like like. His experience level, like this has gone out the window. You look at Daniel Jones, okay, also in his second career playoff game. First one was last week. Brock Purdy, same playoff level experience. Dak, who is uncertain and unproven in the playoffs, is the veteran guy in the NFC of the postseason. Like, and the NFC was supposed to be the, the conference with the old quarterbacks, and they're all gone immediately. So I just think that the idea that the Giants are going to get completely outclassed um, I think that their third stringers um, playing playing them to one possession game a couple weeks ago was interesting. I think the Eagles aren't gelling like they were back in in, in like the Halloween Thanksgiving. Pick them, time. right? Um, so for that reason, he's picking the <laughs> he's picking the Giants. He's doing it for that reason. I think that Jalen Hurts is going to get kept in the pocket, and I think that the Giants' pass rush is going to hold him. Two under 250 yards passing. And I think this is going to be a game that the Giants are going to win in the low 20s. Let's go! Oh, there we go. For 21. I have to pick them for, uh, you know, I have to pick them. For, All right, and who are you guys playing? Where are you guys going? To Dallas or to San Francisco? Oh, no. We're going to San Francisco for sure. Um, All right, Eric. 
but I'm I've become a part time Dallas hater, so I'm definitely taking San Francisco. Part time? The fuck? We gotta hate Dude, that San Francisco. I will say it's kind of funny because you look at every other fan base, all seven other fan bases, and they're like, hell yeah, we've won. Let's get to next week. Hell yeah, it's gonna be a good game. I so we play who? The Cowboys fans are like, fuck everybody! Like they're going nuts. Like. Chill out. Y'all won one game. Like, every other fan base is acting like they've been here before. Fucking Jags fans are acting like they've been here before. Meanwhile, Cowboys fans are acting like this. Which, granted, most of the ones alive have not been here before. So, I guess it's fair. Um, I'm taking San Fran. I think the Philly Giants game will be close. I think the Cowboys 49ers game will be close, too. But I'm taking San Fran. I think Philly... I think Philly-New York will be close, but I'm going Philly. I think... I'm going Bengals over Bills. Like I said, they were my Super Bowl pick. I can't dip on that already. Um, and then, I, I even though they're a division rival, I would love to see the Jags upset the Chiefs. But no, I you wouldn't. Think, no, I think that would be fired. Trevor Lawrence, come on. I, I do think, though, Chiefs, Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, or Chiefs, Bills would make a better AFC Championship game. So, I'm going to pick the Chiefs there also. because So, Chiefs, Bengals, 49ers, Eagles. We all got different picks. That's crazy. Who'd you got? I got? Chiefs, Bills, and Eagles, Niners. We just have one oh, game. No, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, none of us got the same predictions. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see. Deck, I want to thank you for coming on. Any thank final words? Any final yeah. words? Sorry to cut you off there, Andres. But uh, yeah, no. Uh, appreciate you having me on. Um, you know, Eric. Appreciate uh, having me on as well. Nice meeting you and uh, uh, Andres and introducing me to the Sports Bells brand. Uh, I love you guys. Great shows as always. Uh, but yeah, no, um, nothing more than just praise for y'all, really. Um, I got nothing more to add, but besides go Giants. Um, I let my emotions get the best of me in my picks, so uh, I'm going to have to ride this go Giants wave. Uh, we, were kind of, we were kind of baiting you into it, though. We were like pushing it, pushing it, pushing it. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, any final words? No, it was good meeting you, Declan. I'm excited for the playoffs. We'll see how it goes. Um, I think we got some pretty fire matchups, so hopefully they're close games. Better than Peach Bowl, that's for sure. Ladies and gentlemen, remember to like, share, comment, subscribe. And before I go, fly, Eagles, fly. Fly, Eagles, fly. Like, share, comment, subscribe. Eagles, Chiefs, this is a Super Bowl. Spoiler alert. Wait, actually? You know what? I, I did say Eagles Bills. I'll stick to it. Eagles Bills will be the Super Bowl. Like, share, comment, subscribe. We'll see you in the next one. Thank you. Peace.